0: do appreciate the opportunity to come to share with you today what a privilege it is to to fill this pulpit, one that I don't take lightly. Um, Our scripture reading, we're we're going to, I'm going to give you time to get there. We're going to be reading today out of, uh, this evening out of John chapter 17. And you know, when uh, Matt asked me, I guess it's probably been about two months ago now, so kudos to him for being on the ball. Y'all think sometimes pastors just kind of throw things together the last time, well, uh, at the last minute. But Matt, Matt kind of had this thing scheduled for a while now, but uh, I, I do a, a appreciate when he asked me, he said, look, he said, I, I think most people in the audience are kind of going to get what you do at the school. He said, you can talk about, you know, whatever it is, mission uh, work that's, come, that's going or, or coming or, or whatever else or things that you've done before. He said, but, but really just kind of, you know, just, just preach the word. And, and really in that, I think sometimes we, we try to separate you know, what it means to, to walk the, the Christian walk and to, to carry the banner of Christ. And in essence, as Christians, that's really the, the most foundational calling we have. As, as people who are redeemed, we are redeemed for purpose. And the, the, the phrase that you're going to hear me use a lot, or perhaps maybe the word, is the word missional, or the phrase being missional, intentionally being missional and what it is that we do and how it is we carry ourselves. And there's value in that. And it's, it's things that I've seen. I, I want, before we get into our, our Scripture reading here, I want to take you back to uh, myself as an 18-year-old. I always joke that if you find a, a uh, Dillon High School 2004 yearbook and you read about what Brent Hardy is going to be into the future, it's, it's always an interesting uh, study in what God can take and use. And if you read that yearbook, you'll see that my uh, my plans as an eighteen year old were to go to uh, Lander University to study crimin- criminology, and I wanted to be a detective. And uh, I I'd, I'd spoke with uh, the soccer coach. I had a, a tryout to try out for the Lander soccer team, and eighteen uh, year old Brent Hardy, as he walked across that stage of Dillon High School to graduate as a Wildcat in two thousand and four. I had my plans set. And less than a month later, everything had been changed. Because the Lord was calling me into the ministry, and God had put people in, in my, my path to lead me to North Greenville University and to allow me to see the value in studying but also drawing into that calling of ministerial occupation. And so I went to North Greenville and I, I, I really always said that I was never going to go to North Greenville because every Baptist minister in our area goes to North Greenville, right? And I always said, I'm never going to go to North Greenville. And when you go to North Greenville, if you want to be a, a, a preacher or study the Bible, you have three paths that you can take. You can study the, the path of being a preacher, which I didn't want to be. I felt called to ministry, but I thought preaching was boring. I thought the pastors have the most boring job. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to play golf. I don't want to do any of that. It all just sounds very boring to me. The other one is you could be a youth pastor. I didn't want to do that either. Why? Because I was a teenager, and I didn't want to be around other teenagers. I knew how much of a knucklehead I was as a 15, 16, 17-year-old, and I thought, you know what? I probably don't need to be imparting any sort of wisdom into that crowd. Again, you laugh now because if you know what I do on a daily basis, it's humorous. And so the third path at North Greenville that they offer is missions. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. And so I spent four years studying what they call intercultural studies, the study of cultures. And what I really learned... During that time, I had a great professor, a guy by the name of Dr. Gerald Rowe. He was the chair of the Intercultural Studies Department at North Greenville. He's still there today. And what I I learned most from him is that it doesn't really matter necessarily where you end up. As long as you are called and equipped and you carry the attitude of being missional, God can do something tremendous through you. And I, my, my path is, is still, you know, I, I, it led to the school, it led to seminary, and then eventually the Dillon Christian School, and it led to the, the Army Reserve where I had the opportunity to work with some, some awesome, awesome soldiers. But I want to I address that, that phrase again here with you today. What does it mean to be missional? You know, because I think that as born-again believers, we're all called to be a missionary of some sort. Whether you're, you're, you're placed in a school, whether you're placed in your, your place of work, whether you're placed in the, 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 the military or, or whatever it may be, we all carry the banner of Jesus Christ. And as we see in the Great Commission, I specifically stayed away from the Great Commission. I, I think that's normally one of my, my passages that I speak about when I come and, and share here with the church. But when you read about Matthew 28, you see Jesus is giving them the task, the mission. But today we're going to read about where exactly that power to perform that mission comes from. And so without further ado, look with me, if you would, at John chapter 17. And we're going to find here our call individually to be missional. I'm going to start reading in John chapter 17, verse 6. I'm going to read this out of my my southern Baptist Convention edition of the NIV here, so no one throw anything at me as you have your ESVs out there. But it says this starting in John chapter 17, verse 6. We read, Jesus speaking, red letter edition. I have revealed to you to those whom you gave me out of the world, they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given comes from you. Verse 8. but they are still in the world and I am coming to you holy father protect them by the power of your name the name you gave me so that they may be the one maybe one as we are one while i was with them i protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me none has been lost except the one doomed for destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled i am now i am coming to you now but i say these things While I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. Verse 18, this is where we're going to spend most of our time here this evening. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. May we pray of the reading of God's Word here this evening. Father, we want to come to you now, Lord. And God, we, we want to want to kind of pause having heard the Scriptures here. and We're, we're going to have an opportunity, Lord, to continue to, to digest and to to, to analyze, Lord, what it is that you're, you're relaying here to us from this, this kind of internal conversation that we find here, this, this prayer. And, and, Lord, ultimately we, we, we see here a, a prayer over those who are going to continue the work in which you have called them to do. And, Father, we also see application. Give us proper interpretation in the Scriptures. But, Lord, above all else, give us proper ways to put it to practice in our daily lives. Father, allow us to recognize the the level of urgency. Lord, not that that we are are, are any sort of, of special power on our own, but Lord, instead we are given power through your Spirit. And as such, Lord, we are required, we are called, we are obligated to carry that message into the world, empowered by your Spirit. Lord, I pray for each and every person that that has that joined today, Lord, to, to hear this message and to read this Scripture, Lord. I don't know where they will find themselves tomorrow, but You do. I don't know the, the, the setting in which they will find themselves tomorrow, but You do. Lord, some of them are, are going to go to settings to where You will be openly praised and glorified and discussed. And Lord, I pray that even in that setting, Lord, that You would keep the evil one away And Lord, that your work will continue to be carried out. But Father, I believe there may be some in here, Lord, that are going into some difficult settings tomorrow. That God, they're going to hop hop in their cars and they're going to go to work or they're going to go into their schools, and Lord, you're not going to be very popular. Give them the power that is needed. And Lord, remind us, God, that in and of ourselves we we are sinful beings. And Lord, sometimes we can be in the greatest of settings, and yet we allow Satan to still work through us, Father. Allow us to be on guard. Give us the strength that is needed to carry out the mission that you have called us to, Lord. God, we ask all these things in your holy name. Amen. You know, as we were... Reading the scripture there, I, I couldn't help but notice in the, the, the congregational reading the, the phrase miserable offenders. I'm going to start using that in some of the emails that I send out to parents, this miserable offense that we have here. You know, for those of you that don't know, my position at the school is I act as the, I guess, the dean of sorts, right? So any anybody who maybe gets in trouble, right, maybe doesn't, you know, I, 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 I like to say maybe they're having a bad day. Right. Maybe they didn't get their, their breakfast like they were supposed to this morning. They didn't get to sleep the, the night before, but somehow some way, the student and I cross paths. Normally, that means that someone has, has messed up, right and has offended the policies of our school. And normally that means I'm, I'm either calling a parent or emailing a parent. And some of you maybe have gotten emails from me already this year. I joke that it's only a matter of time before I'm sending my own wife emails because I have kids at the Christian school as well. And I know my kids, and I know the depths of evil that we as humans possess. Now, as a father, obviously, I hope that that doesn't manifest itself. But again, I know we all have bad days. And sometimes that depth of evil that is in the world can get very close to being lived out in our own lives. Because as we have read, the the miserable offenses, hey, that's each and every one of us, is it not? As sinful beings, we are all very much capable of being sinful ourselves. But yet, through the redemption of Jesus Christ, our sins have been forgiven. And as such, we are given the task to carry that message of redemption into the world. When When I like to talk about what I do in the military... Uh, as a reservist, we we uh, we get together and we have our our, our battle assembly weekends once a, a month, and I I get to 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 go and to hang out with all of my soldiers. We have uh, battalions all across the southeast, and sometimes I get to go up to to New York, and sometimes I get to go down to Florida, and I get to visit uh, some of these other chaplains who are 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 kind of on the ground level and are uh, sharing the gospel to their soldiers there. And to hear their stories of, of how, you know, when you go to, a, uh, I guess, maybe in a church setting, people are coming in here kind of expecting to, to know the message they're going to hear. But yet you take any average Joe that's going into their reserve unit, and they might not be showing up necessarily with the anticipation of running into a military chaplain. And so I always tell our battalion chaplains, hey, be on guard, because you don't know what kind of situation, what kind of crisis that soldier may be in. And in essence, again, it just goes back into the humanity of who we all are. Listen, there are people in here today that maybe you are coming out of a crisis to where God led you to someone that had to or was allowed to speak some wisdom to you. Again, someone who had the intentionality to be missional in how they approached you. And hopefully that was encouraging to you. But Jesus here, as we read in verse 17, essentially what I carry away from this text, and really what I I think we all see, again, he's praying for his disciples, but it's lessons that we can learn. And it's what? It's that, hey, we are called to carry that message of Christ. We're called to be intentionally missional in our settings. I want to ask you three questions. This will be, uh, I guess, the three points in which we'll talk about here this evening. But the first question we see answered there in verse 18 and it's this. We need to be reminded of who sins us. Who sins us? We read it there in verse 18, Jesus Himself here. And by the way, if you're good with the context of the New Testament, you know that this is right before Jesus gets arrested there in verse 18. It's right before His crucifixion and His resurrection as we just celebrated last weekend. But Jesus essentially here has gone through the, the Lord's Supper. He's gone through all of the, the final moments of, of His time with His disciples. And here He is continuing to impart the wisdom to them, those who have, who have followed along Him for some of them two years, some of them three years. And he, He's telling them there, listen, in this conversation, this prayer over these, these disciples, He's saying, And you, speaking of God, sent me into the world, and I also have sent them into the world. You see, if you go back and look a couple verses, Jesus says, look, I know the path that the disciples are going to walk is going to be difficult. See, Jesus never tells us that whenever we accept this gift of salvation, that life all of a sudden gets easy, does he? In fact, if you read right there earlier in 17, as we just did, you see Jesus tells him, look, there are going to be moments of trial. There are going to be times of persecution. You are in the world, and you're going to experience moments of difficulty. And we could probably go around the room and attest to that. Could we not? We really could. But instead, church, I'm here to remind you that Jesus says, even though we are in the world, He gives us power. He Himself gives us the Spirit. To be victorious. And so we need to be reminded here, before we even go any further, in, in this idea of being missional, intentionally missional, here tonight, need to be reminded that we are sent by God Himself. See, tomorrow, whenever it is that you go into whatever setting you're going to be in, you need to keep that in mind, that you go into that job, being sent there by none other than the God who created all the earth. He sent you there and put you there on purpose. And when you hop out of your vehicle and you walk through those doors, you need to be reminded that not only has God placed you there, but God has given you the Spirit to be prevalent in that environment. It doesn't matter if you're at a doctor's office. It doesn't matter if you're on the backside of a country as a missionary somewhere. It doesn't matter if you're a military chaplain in the woods giving the the message of Christ to soldiers. all, All we know is that God has called us there. God has equipped us to do that work and that He tells us, I will be there with you as well. And so we need to be reminded, church, who sent us, none other than God Himself. We see it there in verse 18. Jesus knows the crucifixion is looming. He knows the crucifixion is looming and he knows his disciples are going to face persecution even after the fact. Let me remind you of this. What happens just a couple of chapters, a couple of hours after Jesus' crucifixion, I'm sorry, after Jesus' arrest. He's praying over these men and let me remind you, you know this story as well as I do. It's none other than the one that he has said will be the rock that is even going to deny knowing that he had a relationship with Jesus at all. And so, why would Jesus pray over us? Because Jesus knows the evil of the world. And even someone like Peter, who had been with Jesus for three years, is going to deny even knowing Him. You see, that's the kind of struggle that we will battle every day. And so I ask you that question, who sins us? Jesus knows what we're up against. But Jesus has defeated what we're up against. And we find victory in that as well. Secondly, we see this. Why is it that Jesus sends us? See, this is not intended to be the most evangelical message. This is meant to be an encouraging message to the church. When you're meeting on a Sunday night, you can kind of normally assume that most of the people that are sitting in here are are people that maybe have that relationship with Christ. But I want to encourage you... And the reminder that not only has God sent you, but God has sent you to the world because there are people that you are going to interact with that don't know who Jesus is. And perhaps maybe don't know what Jesus has done for them. Maybe right now God is placing people on your hearts, in your minds, that you're going to see tomorrow. Maybe we can anticipate that. Maybe we can't. There might be people that, you know, you run into uh, at a gas station or a grocery store tomorrow that just by you being intentional, just by you showing the love of Christ, maybe they will pick up on your relationship that you have. We don't know how God works. I can tell you this much. Not every student that I have at the Christian school has a relationship with Jesus. I can assure you of that. And not every parent that's taking their their child as a student and dropping them off tomorrow morning in the drop-off line is going to be a Christian. And if I can say that about a Christian school, I best believe that the people and the places you're going to be going and interacting with tomorrow, also, you're going to be amongst people who don't know who Jesus is. And so not only has God sent you, but God has also sent you to carry that message. Why? Not to do good. We're called to do good. We are. Our, Our senior Bible class is focused on missions. And I used to always love to make the statement early in the class that, as Christians, we're called to do good things. We are. We're called to help those in need. But the call to be a missionary goes far beyond that. The call to be a Christian goes far beyond that. Listen, there are organizations all around the world that do good things, but never mention the name of Jesus Christ. See, our calling is not only to do good things, but also to tell why it is that we are motivated to do those good things. See, I'm grateful for organizations like the, the, the Red Cross or the Peace Corps and all those, those secular organizations. Yes, I consider the Red Cross to be a secular organization. I know what their founding was, but I also know where they have drifted in the recent years. But I can tell you this much they may do good, they may feed those that are hungry, but they'll never meet the most pressing need that the world has. And it's not to be fed. And it's not to be clothed and it's not to end all the worlds, but instead it is what? To be saved from their eternal damnation through Christ. You know who's called to do that? Who's called to deliver that message? We are, the church. That is our mission as followers of Christ. And so I want to remind you and encourage you. Listen, God has sent you. God has sent you to to, to see His name proclaimed and glorified. And ultimately, that is the goal, right? Who sent us? Why are we sent to do more than just do good, but instead to recognize the goal? I want you to ponder on this for just a second. You and I, as Christians, as believers, have the tremendous calling to take part into glorifying and exalting the God of all universes, the God of everything. He has placed us here in, 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 in little old Dillon, South Carolina, to deliver that message to the world. Now, thankfully, he hasn't placed just us in Dillon, South Carolina. to There are people all over the world that are doing this work, that are obeying this calling. But ultimately, what is the goal? It is to make God known. To make God known, so that the world may know that there is a God that loves them. Think about all the pain we have in the world today. Think about all the struggle that we have in the world today. Think about all the, 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 the avenues that Satan is working. Not, not only, in we think of people on the street, but think about all the avenues that Satan is attacking the family today. See, I was speaking to someone, I guess it was probably last week at a church I was speaking at, and I brought up the idea uh, that, you know, 10 years ago we, we got into this, this, uh, this, this cultural battle. With, with homosexuality and, and homosexual marriage. And, and look at how the tide has drifted in 10 years to the things that we are discussing in our culture today. Why? Because Satan is very much very active in our culture and in our society today. You, listen, I, I could stand up here and give you proof after proof, but you know it as well as I do. You do. you have eyes, you have ears, you see the things that the world is exalting today. In 2023, you know exactly how the world is working, you know exactly how Satan is working and attacking the families and attacking the things that the Bible says are sacred, and you see it and you know it as well as I do. And so we need to be reminded that if Satan is busy, so should we. We should be busy. We should be active. I don't don't think we should be busy and active just for the sake of being busy and active. No, we're, we're called to be missional on purpose, to be intentional in our missional thoughts. So do you and I have the power to save the world? Of course not. We're just one small little congregation here on a Sunday afternoon. How are we going to go out into the world? How are we going to go out and to change the world? Listen, church, that's the beautiful thing about carrying the the, the mission of God is that the hard work has already been done. The things that you and I cannot do, Jesus has already completed. See, we, we can't go to people who don't know Christ and we can't take their place. We can't defeat death. We can't defeat hell. We can't defeat the grave. We can't defeat their sin and wash away their sins. But Jesus can and He's already completed it. The beautiful thing about our task, our calling, is just simply to take the good news. To take the good news that Christ loved them enough, even in their wickedness and in their depravity, to die for them. What a calling that is to us as believers. And so we kind of bring this all together here this evening. We can be reminded of who sent us. We can be reminded of why we're sent. We can be reminded of what the goal is. Really the fourth question, and I'll, I'll kind of close with this as a conclusionary thought, is what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Some of you, no doubt, you're, you're already being intentional in your, mission, uh, in, your, in your mission calling. The people in your, your work, they know. All such and such, we know that person is a Christian. They talk about Jesus all the time. But maybe in your place of work, people maybe don't know where you stand with Jesus. Maybe this is an eye-opening or or maybe a a siren going off that maybe we need to get very clear with the people that we are around every day that we are followers of Christ. And maybe it's time we let the world know it. Maybe it's time we let our our family and our friends know that, that unashamedly that Jesus has died for me, therefore I will live for him. And I will take part in the calling that he has placed before me. That's the beautiful thing about being a chaplain. See, part of my uniform, those of you that have been in the service, you know this. Part of my uniform, I get something very special that really nobody else gets. As a chaplain, I have my my name so that people know who I am. I have my branch on one side, U.S. Army. I get to wear my rank. But you know what little piece of... of Linen that I get that no one else gets. It's a cross. So that everyone else knows, without me telling them, they know that that's a chaplain, that's someone that should give some sort of spiritual or religious guidance. You see, we go out into the world and we're not called to, to blend in. We're not called to, to be like the world. Instead, Christ has told us here in John chapter 17, we are called to stand out. He has called us, set us apart How dare we go and try to blend in when we have the sacred calling of pointing people to Christ? So church today, I want to encourage you as we talk about missions. There are no doubt people all around the world that are carrying out this divine calling in in the uttermost parts. But what about here in our community? How are we satisfying that call here in our community? I know I could do better. I would probably venture that I'm not the only one. Sometimes we, 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 we all struggle, right? We deal with our sinfulness. We deal with our temptations. Sometimes we deal with our frustrations of being in the world. But yet, church, I encourage you today, carry out that banner. or Carry out that mission. Carry that banner high that not only will we live for Christ, but we will carry that into those who need to hear it so desperately. To make fellow believers, and in doing so, we make God known to the world. What a divine calling. I want to pray for you here today. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have, Lord. It, it, it really is so simple. Uh, we, we as, as humans, Lord, we sometimes can complicate some pretty simple uh, concepts and principles. Lord, the foundational element of humanity is that we were created to glorify you that sin entered the world and broke that relationship Lord that you sent your son to die for us so that we could be back in a right relationship and Lord as individuals here today claiming the name of Jesus Christ Lord you have given us that mission the objective is simple Lord, we leave the results in your hands, and we leave the results to your spirit. But Lord, we have a part to play. Allow us, Lord, now to to take our hands and to put them to the plows. Lord, to not be satisfied allowing others to take part in the work, Lord. Instead, you call us individually as believers, as unique as we all are, strengths and weaknesses that we possess, and you have given us, Lord. So too are our callings. Lord, I pray that as we go into our our homes, our places of work, our different avenues of where you have placed us, Lord, I I don't know, you know. But God, I pray over the individuals in this room, those who are participating in this worship service this evening. God, that you would give us that mindset to be looking for opportunity to make you known to the world. Don't, Don't allow us, Lord, to cheapen that by thinking that Lord, that we don't matter. God, if we follow You, Lord, if we're bought, Lord, with Your blood, we are given Your Spirit. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that You would give us the the, the fierceness that is needed, the urgency, Lord, in that calling to take this message into a world that so desperately needs to hear how Jesus loved them and died for them. And in doing so, Father, may we satisfy how it is you have called us to serve your kingdom. God, we love you and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Once again, church, it is a privilege to be able to share with you here this evening.